3: and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
0: It's real simple, you know, if you take a person's legs
4: away, they can't run.
3: Bear down, baby.
1: Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back.
0: Take the North podcast presented by Odyssey. I am Dan Weederer of the Chicago Tribune, joined by our producer, Adam Stadzinski today. David Haw is off in Las Vegas doing Las Vegas things. The Bears are heading for their preseason
1: finale on Saturday at Soldier Field. Studs, how you doing? Good man, good, 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 good to be here and fill in for Vegas Hall as they're calling him for the two days they're out in Las Vegas. So it sounds yeah, like they're that, having a good time out there. <laughs> the
0: preliminary word was I mean, David did the morning show on I guess it would have been Wednesday and then yeah. stayed up until like beyond midnight Vegas time. So that was that had to be like a 24 a hour st- straight stretch, uh, for David,
1: uh, <laughs> doing the Vegas yeah. thing. I don't know how he did it, man. Like that sounds like I mean a really impressive stretch because I think he was saying like every time he tried to take a nap, something kept coming up. So <laughs> he made it. <laughs> he made it, and he was he was there starting the afternoon show. So
0: he's he's good to go. Well, hopefully at some point he'll be able to get some rest. He'll be able to get himself uh, locked and loaded for the regular season because we've got a a action packed regular season ahead, and we've got a preseason to finish first. And that's going to happen Saturday at Soldier Field with the Buffalo Bills coming to town. Earlier Thursday, it was announced that the Buffalo Bills would be playing their starters to start that game on Saturday at Soldier Field. On Thursday afternoon, Matt Eberflus made it clear that he was going to be playing his healthy starters some on Saturday afternoon. That's just, it's whoever else can be healthy on offense. It's whoever can be healthy on defense. So in terms of a 22-starter a, a Appearance. I think we're 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 probably waiting until September for that. But at least we get one more look at the starting quarterback
1: and the guys he's got around him. What was your initial reaction to getting that news? So I think that it's great that at the very least Justin Fields is going to be playing. There's like I think there's a little concern. I know we'll get into it a little bit about him playing behind what's going to be maybe two of the starting offensive linemen. And we're not. I guess we'll see you on Saturday because they're being pretty pretty low-key about injuries still, but I, I think it's good that the starters are going to be playing. Like I, I understood the reason why they didn't play in the second preseason game against the Colts. Like I got their reasoning, and I think that we all, just specifically on Justin Fields, we all need to see him I think just for our own sanity, see more of him and not say, okay, he only got, what was it, seven total plays in the first preseason game, and offense looks great, but he didn't have to do much. So it's like, let's him out there and and have him throw downfield a little bit more and and hopefully whatever is remaining of their offensive line is able to hold up I know that you know Cole Komet is is back so that at least they'll have him back supposedly and and you know also I mean even even defensively getting some of the starters out there you know and seeing Jalen Johnson again I, Tyreek Stevenson probably would have played regardless but I think it's good that the starters are gonna be out there and playing. It would have been weird if they weren't considering the bit the, the Bills starters are. And I, yeah. I don't think that I don't think either team I know that Iberflus talked about this, like the idea of do you guys communicate about that? He said that in this case they didn't, but I it would be weird for one team to have their starters and the other team to not. Well and
0: and certainly if you're going to take that risk. You're going to want to have it done for a purpose and getting some of those full speed, full contact game reps and live action against a, another established defense is a way to just kind of measure your progress, give you an idea of what you need to work on heading into the regular season and just give your guys who are healthy enough to play a, a little bit of that acclimation that they won't then have to sift through on September 10th when the Packers come to town. There's a couple things that I think about when, when this decision is made. Number one, I just think that for where this offense is, for where this quarterback is, just getting every little experience to matter is a big deal. And so this is an opportunity Saturday to get whether it's, 15 snaps whether it's two drives, three drives, whether they play all the way to halftime, we'll see. But I think that experience matters. You pointed it out. Justin played seven snaps against the Titans. He threw three passes all behind the line of scrimmage. We want to see what it looks like from within the pocket. We want to see the processing speed. We want to see how quickly he's making decisions. Um, And you'll get a little bit of a, a, a snapshot of that on Saturday, 2019 always comes to my head because the bears didn't play anyone notably during the regular season and even as they were doing that i remember having conversations with rich campbell about the scope of their opener now look 2019 was a different animal it was the nfl's 100th season uh the bears were super bowl hopefuls at that point legitimately and they were getting ready to play a primetime game that was the you know curtain up game for the entire league so there's a totally different stage there and so in 2019 you kind of said to yourself man like Um, This isn't opening on a Sunday afternoon against the Arizona Cardinals. This is, this is the, this is the stage. And if, if if you lay an egg on the stage, that could have a dangerous ripple effect for the confidence, for the way you're perceived for the pressure that was inside the building. And I think that, kind of bared itself out the bears were terrible that night offensively lost that game 10 to 3 one of the weirdest parts of that season was that they came back and won their next three games and they were three and one before eventually it all unraveled again but i do think that there was kind of a uh, intense letdown with the build-up to that game and then what it was performance-wise that they never truly got past so i bring that up because the bears are opening again this year against the green Bay Packers. It's not the Thursday night NFL league opener. It's not even a primetime game, but it is, it is a three twenty five, um, you know, bigger stage game that a lot of people will be watching to see where you're at. And so I do think it is beneficial to go into that game with some form of momentum, with a little bit more experience and not have had your only, uh, you know, live game experience have been a month prior in a seven snap cameo against the Titans.
1: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm glad you brought up that 2019 season as much. As I don't like to think about it as a fan all that much because of the disaster it ended up being. I remember when they were, when they said that year or going into the preseason, when, when Matt Nagy said that they're not going to play the starters in the preseason, I remember thinking, and I they did the same thing in 2018 too, right? It, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure they did the same thing in 2018. Um,
0: I can't recall what that what that lead up was. That was Matt's first year, and I don't remember
1: yeah. what the preseason log I, was. I, well, so it's irrelevant to the. It, I was just trying to remember it on the on the top of my head, but I I remember at the time saying I'm cool with this because what's what's the preseason really really matter and then. In retrospect, learning like, oh, okay, these games really do mean something for especially a young quarterback to play in. And especially when you're as you were saying, when you're playing a division opponent to kick things off, like you can't we don't want them. Nobody wants them to come out and lay an egg against the Packers again. They've lost. I think it's eight games in a row to the Packers. They've got to be ready. And the Packers' defense—they underperformed a little bit last year, but they've got some real players out there. You have to get Justin Fields, especially out there against what is, you know, a, an actual real defense in the Buffalo Bills, who at least will have their starters out there for a few series, and and get him that kind of rep. And like you said, if he went in there to that game against the Packers with just those seven snaps, where he didn't really have to do anything. In the first preseason game, I think that we would all be worried about how they would look, even if it's just the knee-jerk response from what happened in 2019.
0: No, there's no question, and so it'll be interesting to see how long um, they decide to to play the starters. Matt Berflu said that meeting would be occurring uh, later on Thursday afternoon into the evening as they kind of formulate the 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 snap count range that they want for the guys that they are going to play we talked about the offensive line we know tevin jenkins isn't going to play he's probably going to be out into october if not longer we can assume that darnell wright is not going to play he uh injured his ankle earlier this week and has missed the last two practices i think it would uh, be easy to say that they're going to err on the side of caution there cody whitehair has been dealing with a hand issue i think he will be ready to go on saturday you've got braxton jones who's clearly now the iron man of this offensive line doesn't miss time. I'm knocking on wood over here because clearly he has found a formula that no one else in that room has been able to find over the last two years. Um, And so now you're mixing and matching pieces. and, And so Nate Davis is the other guy who's like availability is so hard to figure out at this point. He's been in and out of training camp for the past month, mostly out and you would love for him to get some game speed action uh, with Justin Fields behind him before you get to the to the starting game. But some of this is now okay, as you mentioned at the start, what does this offensive line look like? How much can you trust it? And how long are you willing to trust it to hold up on a Saturday in August, knowing what's at stake if if something you know catastrophic were to happen behind it?
1: All right. And I wish that we could answer more of that right here and now before the game, but because they're so unwilling to talk about injuries at this time of year i don't think i have no idea it's i i like to think that nate davis is going to play just because maybe they push him onto the field and because he has been off and on like you were saying at practice you know the last week or so but like you got to get him out there and if anything you got to say to nate davis like if you're healthy enough you got to go because we need you to protect the quarterback right Right?
0: right, and we paid you. We paid you in March, and we gave you a deal. And it, like, it's go time now, right? Like, yeah, it is go time right now. I always refer to uh, Monday as the start of week zero. You know, mm-hmm. and when, when you hit week zero, you better you better start accelerating down that on ramp. You know, this isn't like break, break, break. No, let's go. It's time. It's time to get moving. And I think this is kind of a precursor to that.
1: And yeah, and I think that I hopefully they hopefully Nate Davis at the lease is out there. And in that case, at least you have three of your five starting linemen out there. And I know that Iberfus was saying that by by the start of the regular season, like if this – I kind of get the feeling with Darnell Wright, like if this was a regular season game, he'd probably be out there by Sunday, right? So I'm not that worried about his availability. It'd be nice to get a rookie like him. Yeah, a little more time. More yeah. reps. But like I, I get it. You're not going to risk it at, at this point. So, you know, at the very least, like maybe we get – Three of the five starting linemen. I hope it's m- more than two. Like, like you said, we're confident that Whitehair and and Braxton Jones are going to be out there. It's would make I think everyone feel a lot more comfortable if Justin has three of his five starting linemen out there instead of just two. It, and I I I guess like, like I said, well, just, just remains to be seen. So we'll we'll all find out together.
0: Yeah, so, so Chase Claypool remains out with his hamstring issue. Valus Jones Jr. still not practicing. Dante Pettis has been out since the game against the Colts on Saturday. The receiving core banged up as well. And so now now you're you're kind of playing that mix-and-match game as well. Two pieces of good news from the week. Cole Komet, who left Wednesday's practice on a cart, but not with any sort of leg injury, uh, seemed to have suffered something from the neck up, was back at practice, fully cleared, fully participating, and Matty Bufus said he's all squared away, so there's nothing to worry about there. That's a huge sigh of relief, obviously, for this offense. And then Tremaine Edmonds, the the prize free agent signing uh, on the defense in March, has been back on the practice field the last couple days, uh, still ramping up, still going through uh, some of the individual periods and trying to get himself back toward 11-11 work. I would doubt we see him on Saturday, but who knows, maybe they, they, they turn them loose for a few snaps just so he can get some of that, that game speed. But that's certainly good news with, with two of their core starters having positive news on the health front.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially the Cole commit one when I know that I was, I was texting you on Wednesday. I'm like, what is going on here? And, and so that's great that Cole commit was, was back out. And I wasn't, I was less worried when I heard the circumstances of how he left. Like he walked to the cart and then the talk, the cart took him to the facility. Right. And, Cause the first thing I heard was he got carted off. I was like, Oh geez. So, but that's great that he's me back. And know, especially, you know, after he signs that contract, I know that he's going to want to be out there. It'd be good to see Tremaine Edmonds out there just so we all can, can see I mean you know he's one of the biggest free agent additions that they made and we all made a big uh, talked a lot about their investment in this line in 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 the off-ball linebackers Tremaine, Tremaine edmonds being the first one or the biggest of of them so I I would like to see him, but he's not a guy that I'm worried about if he doesn't get the reps because he's got plenty of high level experience. Like he's one of those veterans that if he was healthy all preseason and they didn't play him, I would get it. Even though I know that linebackers usually do play. But like yeah. I would get it, you know. So if he is even just like remotely not a hundred percent, like I would get it if they hold him back.
0: Yeah, the value obviously is for the guy that's gonna be wearing the green dot and handling yeah. the signals for the defense. You wanna just kind of create some some communication smoothness as you get toward the regular season the bears will be without most likely eddie jackson and jaquan brisker mm-hmm. on saturday it will be without demarcus walker whose injury situation is another one <laughs> worth scratching your head about i know you've kind of taken note that demarcus walker and nate davis both free <laughs> signings from tennessee maybe uh M- mike vrabel knew what he was doing when he said yeah, you know good luck good luck elsewhere uh if <laughs> you guys can't get on the practice field regularly
1: that's 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 just weird right because like two and maybe it has nothing to do with each other and and i think we've kind of i've heard like various things about what these guys could be dealing with so i but it's just weird two former titans not seeming to be on the practice field a lot and that could just be coincidence but that's something we noted during the show today on the on the score it was these two former titans it's you know they don't like to practice so well yeah well you know, I'm, I have, I think we're all confident they're fine for their, for the, for week one. Right. But you know, you would like to see more of them. No I doubt. think the
0: best news we have here is that, that the calendar will flip to September next week. And, and in September, um, you know, there's just less wiggle room when you're trying to interpret all these things. August can be a how much of a, a deal do we make out of X, Y or Z. And, and, and mm-hmm. September is this is the real deal here. And, and you better be on the field for practice. You better be on the field for games. You better be producing in games because there's nowhere to hide because the results are what define your entire season. Passion, drive and patience. that's truly going to be the case for the quarterbacks on this team, specifically Justin Fields. This was another good week to take some inventory on his progress. I think there are two conversations with Justin Fields right now. There's the one that's being had as essentially a shouting match in the public forum on, on whether he is, you know, a possible MVP or a guy who who may not have a a job as a a starter at house hall a year from now. And then there's the one internal that's truly micro-focused and day to day and, and grounded in the, what do we do today to push, Forward, And so we were able to talk to Andrew Gianocco, the quarterback's coach this week. We were talk- able to, to, to get another update from Luke Getze. And I think what you um, kind of zoom out and see when you see the big picture with Justin is that comparatively to last year at this time, his knowledge of this offense is miles ahead of where it was. His understanding of what he's seeing from opposing defenses is miles ahead of where it was a year ago and now it's all about how do we apply this in year 2 with some of these new pieces around uh, around you how do we understand what the coaching staff is asking of you specifically and how do we turn that into efficiency and production in NFL games when the lights go on in a couple weeks. That's truly going to be an interesting uh, thing to watch. One of the questions I asked Luke Getze on Wednesday was when September 10th arrives, there's obviously going to be an eye test for everybody that is in a a coaching booth or, or on the sideline for the Bears to try to figure out whether the progress they think that Justin has made since the spring and and, and through the summer uh, is where it is or, or, or if it's not. And so the question to Luke was essentially, what are you going to be looking for? What is going to tell you about where Justin is at when you get your first regular season game? Here was his answer.
4: There's not one thing in particular. I think playing the position, it's important that you're in control, right? And and what that means is you're taking care of the football, right? You, you're you not getting surprised by anything. And if you do, then how do you respond to those things that did surprise you? And if, and, and if you're able to respond in the way that – you know, not necessarily wins the games for you, but doesn't lose the games for you, you know, you've you you know you've prepared somebody for that opportunity. And then as the season goes, and it's just like we talk about it in here, he's got he's to get better each and every day. He's got to get better each and every game. Everybody on our team does. And so we can see that growth will be good.
0: So, Studs, this was, uh, you know, just kind of some refreshing insight from the offensive coordinator, the guy who is um, overseeing Justin's development to this point. And it's a reminder that he is still a young developing quarterback climbing the ladder, trying to get himself to that position where uh, eventually he hopefully, if all stars align becomes the guy that is the engine of all the success you ever have, you know, and he's, he's what, what those star quarterbacks in this league are, which is again, the engine that propels everything right now, you hear in the offensive coordinator's voice, just a little bit of, of, of caution of, okay, here are some of the, 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 the just basic steps we're trying to take so that eventually maybe those steps can turn into a leap.
1: Oh yeah. And, and that's the, 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 and I know we'll get into the kind of MVP hyperbole in a, in a few minutes here, but like, like I think that some of the Justin Fields expectations and talk have gotten so out of control this off season that what gets, saying, it's good to hear that at least in a Hollis hall. And I've gathered this through most of the off season too, is their expectations seem much more grounded than outside of house hall. Like they know that it's still a stepping stone for Justin Fields. He still needs to be able to be a consistently above or even average passer. Right. 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 And so like what he's saying there in that clip, we just played like, don't lose us games. There was a couple <laughs> times last year where he threw, you know, like the Falcons game. And I know there was a lot of talk that went into the, the that last drive where, what he ended up throwing a pick on an overthrown ball to David Montgomery that that ended the game, right? So stuff like that, like basic things like that, eliminate those. And I know there was some data some debate about the interception against the Packers that ended the game where, you know, did Equanami St. Brown need to run that route harder? Whatever. The the pick went on Justin Fields' record and that pick ended the game f- for the most part. So little things like that, like don't throw picks in the fourth quarter when we're trying to trying to 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 go down and win the game. Like that is the kind of stepping stone that you're looking for and then we can get to the MVP talk if if he takes the step as a is an NFL passer first
0: the the lions game at soldier field another example that was earlier in the fourth quarter but it was still significant where you 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 over you you miss throw a, a screen pass and it's a pick six and then you do bounce back from that and you break off a big touchdown run that that makes up for it but the key is to have that big touchdown run not be making up for an error it's 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 to, to have it be the play that wins you the game and then you don't have to to look back after that so it is a a reminder and i i think it is going to be really really fun i guess overall to to watch everything unfold in uh the, the month of september you know there's gonna be a great test mm-hmm. here for this team and they're gonna get a lot of reps and a lot of action to to figure out where this whole thing heads
1: right and and i think that just i hope that bears fans out there specifically the ones that are so hyped up about him can like reel their expectations in just a little bit you know like it might not it's not going to look great I mean, look, if he comes out and he's on fire from the start of the season, that's great. But but the expectations for him have to be less than MVP talk and more than what it was last year. It's got it's somewhere in there. So a step forward between this wide ranging area. It's got to be somewhere in there. And that's that's what, that's what you have to be looking for. You can't be talking about like like if you're making a legitimate bet on him to be MVP this year, It's I, I hope it'd be great if you don't throw away your money, but it's not the time to do that. It's just like, it's the same kind of thing when there was Mitchell Trubisky MVP talk before 2019 that got so out of control and it's just like, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah. And I'll get back to some of that in a couple minutes. And obviously there is a, a you know, a, a depth chart here at the position that, that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And Saturday's another opportunity to lock in on what has become, you know, one of the city's uh, biggest fascination points right now in August with this team. And it's who's going to be the backup quarterback. There's a open competition in Matt Eberflus's uh, words between uh, PJ Walker and Tyson Bajan, and maybe even perhaps Nathan Peterman. And there, there's an opportunity here, uh, for both of those guys to state a case on Saturday for for why they deserve that role. Bajan obviously is coming off the performance in Indy, where he leads the 17-play, 92-yard touchdown drive, and and gives a, a lot of people a license to dream to think that that maybe they've got a little diamond in the rough from from little Shepherd U in Division Two in West Virginia that that can be developed into something greater, and that has coincided with PJ Walker's struggles both in preseason game action and some inconsistency during uh training camp and so now studs you've got a a situation Mm -hmm. where even the coaches are are talking about leaving this open for interpretation trying to judge and figure out which which way this all heads
1: and it is it's i guess it's good to see that they've seen what we've seen which is pj walker hasn't been good and some and the other two guys other two quarterbacks on this roster have at times looked better than him. Now you're at household on a daily basis and you're watching yeah. these more practices than me. So like, you know, you would be better able to say who's been better in practices, but everyone I hear, whether it's yourself, Brad Biggs, or, you know, our own Mark Grody the score say PJ Walker has been consistently inconsistent throughout camp. And so for the coaches now, even Matt Eberflu's just today, Thursday saying that, yeah, the competition's open and that, the competition in camp drove that means that, yeah, like maybe it's, it's a combination of PJ Walker hasn't been good enough. And, and Nathan Peterman and and Tyson Bajan in particular have made some noise. And so they have to give them serious looks. So yeah, it's now, now whether I, you know, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute here about whether I think it would be malpractice or not to have Tyson Bajan as your number two quarterback entering the season. But like, like, I, I am very curious to see how this plays out now on Saturday because it sounds like Saturday is going to have a lot of weight on who takes that job eventually.
0: Yeah. It, well, it, it will certainly factor in and it'll be part of the pie chart of the evaluation. I think with Walker, I think the, the coaching staff's trying to figure out what they should trust more, what they've seen with their eyes here in the last six weeks or, or the six years of experience and some of the um, mm. starts that he's made and, and the ability to, to play successful and the experience that he brings and and the knowledge of the NFL game at this level that can be very valuable in that role. Again, not only if you're needed to play, but as a resource to Justin as he goes through the week-to-week right. process and, and, and has someone to, to help him and, and lean on and in that regard and so that'll be interesting and, and and Bajan certainly like I think the thing that really struck me on Saturday that we talked about earlier in the week was not only um, just the way he went down the field on the touchdown drive but it was just the, the calm and, and and it just seems very natural for him he again he Threw for 17,000 yards in college He played yeah. 53 games at shepherd so it, it, he's got experience and he's got this library and he's got this calm about him that's really valuable and then he gets up in the post game afterwards and also seemed to meet that moment which is uh, not a huge deal but it's not nothing either it's just a, a guy who feels very comfortable in his own skin very comfortable in his abilities and he's, he's trying to squeeze the most out of it at this time of year um, again we got the the chance to hear from Luke Getze earlier in the week here is uh, some of what he said Obviously, again, Luke always grounded. Uh, always offers that perspective that 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 keeps the the helium from uh, taking us away and floating away. Here's what what Luke Getzey had to say.
4: Everybody has a shot, right? All, all, all three guys have done a really nice job through training camp. I think you guys have seen. Um like like most of the guys in our in our training camp, there's been good days and bad days for for uh, for everybody. Those three specifically, so uh, we're taking all that in. It, you know, I know he had he had a great drive, and that makes that's exciting for people. And but that's one drive, so we it's, we're gonna make that part of the evaluation. Uh, but we're gonna take the whole training camp uh, evaluation before we make a decision like that.
0: So, yeah, I mean, like, look, they're going to they're going to make this decision. And, and Luke was very clear to say, look, this is this is one drive in a preseason game in, in, in August. And and it's really exciting for a lot of people. But we got to see a big picture and a very, very clear big picture. And so they're going to they're going to work through it. Um look like roster cuts come next week early and the final uh, or the, the initial 53 man roster is due on Tuesday. That's one of the most compelling decisions on the roster, along with how many running backs Mm -hmm. you keep and what does the wide receiver depth chart look like? And what are you doing at defensive end? Um, Yeah. I mean, and so, you know, let's get that game on Saturday at soldier field. Let's get a little bit more of a sample size to, to, to compare.
1: I will say like, it is, I did not expect us to be having a backup quarterback controversy when training camp started it's and it's nice to be able to talk about the backup quarterback because there's so much that we've made of the backup quarterback in, in in for the Chicago Bears over the last I don't know how many years just because of the way that the starting quarterback is played and so the quote has always been you know, the 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 favorite quarterback for fans in Chicago is the backup quarterback. And so it's great to talk about the backup quarterback and just who's going to be the backup quarterback and not have people saying this guy should be the starting quarterback. That, that I think feels really good. But when it comes to like how this all plays out, this, how I still feel about it is, and you touched on this, PJ Walker has actual NFL experience and has won actual NFL games, has thrown to DJ Moore right? Yep. Yep. You can't say that for Tyson Bajan. And so to go into the idea of him winning the backup quarterback position, I think is, is still kind of, let me, let me rephrase this. You can't go into the season with a rookie quarterback and has is zero NFL experience as your backup quarterback to Justin Fields, who I think still needs that guy in his ear that has NFL experience, you know, like, a guy, uh, almost kind of what Chase Daniel was at one point for Mitchell Trubisky, and Chase Daniel was like could do all the X's and those. You get him on the field, it's like I don't know about this, but uh, I don't think you can you can go into the season with with Bajan as your backup quarterback and and feel good about that because at that point you got you have to let PJ Walker go because you're not keeping him. Right, you're not keeping three quarterbacks on the roster and what's he going to, he's not going to sit here and be a third string quarterback. He can go find a backup job somewhere else. So I just don't, I, I see PJ Walker still being the backup quarterback when, when all said and done, unless, unless I, unless you feel like Nate, this is what, this is how I look at it. Let's just sum it all up. I look at the backup quarterback job right now as a battle between Nathan Peterman and PJ Walker. And then Tyson Bajant is a real candidate for the practice squad. Correct. I think Correct. I think that one of the other two will be the backup quarterback, and Tyson Bajen ideally ends up back in Chicago on the practice squad, assuming he clears waivers, which I feel like he probably would.
0: Right. And, and in a nutshell, it's it, it, it's a riskier dice roll to go and do the regular season with an undrafted rookie out of Division Two as your number two quarterback than it is right. to wait twenty four hours and see if somebody happens to claim that guy and then you can fit him on your practice squad and, and hopefully uh, just continue with business as, as normal from there. Um, and so we'll, we'll watch it, you know, we'll watch it unfold early next week. Um, we will, we will figure out what that whole thing looks like. And, and, and hopefully it is a, uh, a valuable exercise for this coaching staff to, to have this opportunity Saturday to watch them, them play against the bills.
1: And here's here's the the last thing I, I want to say on, on this and I know you and David talked about this a little bit. The idea of Tyson Bagent clearing waivers. We had Mike Florio on the score earlier in the week, and he said that the noise he's seen about him has made it made him feel like he hasn't necessarily. He the noise he's heard about Bajen makes him feel like he wouldn't clear waivers. Like someone would pick him up. And I heard that, and I said, "Dude, are you serious?" <laughs> like it's, it's in as much as I know that he has a ton of experience. And I know that from what we've seen in the two preseason games, he's looked comfortable. And I really liked what he said post game where he said, where he, where Tyson Bajant said that the fact that he's played in, I think it was for three different offensive coordinators when he was in college, gave him a taste of what all different kinds of offenses are and that makes it – so that way what he's seen in Lucchetti's offense is like vaguely familiar, and that's why he's able to pick it up. And you can tell he's a smart kid. So so he's absolutely able to learn this stuff. And he just played a lot of football. But it's Division Two football. He's been playing against third and fourth streamers. Right. If, if a team wants to pick him up on waivers and make him a, make him your number two quarterback or put him on your 53-man well, roster, go for it. He,
0: no one's doing it to make him the number two. No one in the world exactly. would do that. Yeah. But, but, but if somebody wanted to do it to make him the number three, they could. Look, I lived through uh, Tanner Gentry and Daniel Braverman mania when people thought that those guys would never make it to the practice squad because they had you know good training camps and impressive preseasons. People forget that there's 31 other camps going on around the league and that there are things happening in the, those camps that we have no idea about. You know, and so to think that this is the center of the football universe and everybody is paying attention to every throw and everything that Tyson Bajan does um, is just a little bit off with what the reality is. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
4: Adidas.
0: Shifting gears back to to Justin for a minute, because I know we did talk about the the idea that uh, that MVP conversation is amplified. It has gotten um, noisy. It has gotten legs. It has gotten, uh, you know, debate-worthy at times. Well, Luke Getzey was asked this week studs to to kind of weigh in on what his thoughts are that that he at least is working with a guy who has drawn enough attention to have these conversations mushroom up a little bit and so he was asked about fields he was asked about the mvp conversation and 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 kind of kind of what he makes of all that here in the, the the middle to end of august
4: he's an exciting player right and, and and he had a he got to prove a little bit of that last year and so you know from our perspective a preseason situation like that isn't very doesn't isn't very important but if we're talking like this in december and january then now we're we've we've we're we're probably exceeding expectations of people, right? And But the most important thing for us is that, is that and Justin just continues to grow. And not just Justin, but everybody on this offense. We've we've got to continue to get better each and every day. And like I've always said in here, we, we, have, we have a certain play style that we want to play and we want everyone to feel. And we have to make sure that when it comes to September 10th, that we're, we're making sure that that's the, the biggest priority for us.
0: So there it is again, you know, the offensive coordinator keeping it on. ground floor i think that the idea that if this conversation were to continue or to renew itself in December and January would be a wonderful thing for the city. It'd be of certainly a wonderful thing for this podcast. We'd have <laughs> listeners coming from left and right because it would mean that, that Justin is, is rolling. It would mean the Bears are, are playing successful football and certainly in the playoff hunt, and it would be a very positive development. But let's go one step at a time here. I think uh, our buddy Brad Biggs, uh, in his mailbag this week, took a question about this and, and went back over the last 10 years to see what the average victory total of the last 10 MVP quarterbacks was. And mm-hmm. it's thirteen studs. Yeah, that so about right, right, right. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a little bit incongruent with what the projections are for this Bears team and how many games that they're going to win, you know. And so so it starts there, I think, more than anything else. And then look, like uh, you know, again, like to get to four thousand passing yards, you first got to get to three thousand passing yards. To get to thirteen wins, you first got to get to seven wins. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let let let's let's get to each checkpoint before we start dreaming about the destination that's three or four stops down the road. I think. That's certainly been the approach Inside the building, I, I do think that from day one of the the Matt Eberflus regime here, that the infrastructure around Justin has been supportive in the right ways, you know, and keeping him, uh, keep the main thing the main thing. Like, let's focus on, as Luke said there, just making making progress every single week, and then ultimately, you know, th- when these conversations come into the picture, they'll have a little bit more merit, they'll have a little bit more meaning than just kind of the the fluffy shouting match that it is for you know shows like First Take to to be able to do a full segment and then tweet it out on social media and, and see what kind of reactions they can get.
1: Right. Right. So, and, and to go back to what you were saying at the beginning there, like if Justin Fields is in the MVP conversation, that means that the bears are on top of the division. They're winning 10, 11, 12, 13 games, and they're exceeding expectations across the entire team, not just Justin Fields. And I, I, I do like, I understand where that kind of like MVP conversation comes from. If the Bears had been an above 500 team last year, Justin Fields would have been in those conversations because of what he was doing on the ground. He wouldn't have won it, but he would have been like in the conversations. People would have been mentioning his name as MVP type of player, but the team was horrible and you're not, you don't have an MVP from a horrible team. And so, you know, this year when we're talking about a team like the Bears that are in the you know, what, six to nine win range, depending on how well things go and how healthy the team is. Like, even that is a successful... See, if the Bears win seven games this year, that's a, that, that's four more games, you know? And that means right. that Justin Fields probably, probably made progress. Like, Look, that... You know, Matt- so...
0: Matt Nagy Sorry, was laughed – I was just going to say Matt Nagy was laughed out of town because he was praised for a couple of years internally as being able to to keep things together during a six-game losing streak and then a four-game <laughs> losing streak and then a five-game losing streak. And we were like, well, enough with the losing streaks. Well, last year we got a 10-game losing streak yeah. from Matt Eberflus <laughs> and, and the crew here. And they they haven't broken it yet. You know, their last win was on Monday night in Foxboro, uh, you know, 10 months ago now. And so, like, the, <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> to think about where they need to go to just get back to the level – where we can start talking about them getting to where we think they can go, you know? And so, so it's a, it it is a complicated discussion. And I think it is healthy uh, as much as a lot of people don't want to hear it to just kind of stay in the now and, and understand what it looks like from here.
1: And I think that just ultimately this isn't just for Justin Fields, it's the entire team expectations need to be grounded. You know, I, I have heard people say like, you know, the bears are going to win 10 games this year. And I, Tell like they won three games last year, guys. And I <laughs> I I agree that the team ha- is more talented across the board. And, and unless things are just catastrophic, especially the quarterback position, they should win more than three games. You know, especially if you even just look at, and I know this is random and year to year doesn't necessarily carry over, but they lost a lot of one-score games last year. You 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 assume that they're not gonna lose what was it, six or seven one-score games again, right? So you hope. Yeah. 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 You hope. Right. That's if, that's if things go are better. But the idea of 10 plus wins, the idea of Justin Fields being an MVP candidate like that is way that is sky high. And like we should just be surprised and glad that it happens and not even be, not talk about it as a as something that we expect or is legitimate possibility at this moment in time
0: yeah, and we'll see where it goes. It Look like again, September is right around the corner and mm-hmm. and there is so much for us to, to learn about this team in those first three games and then the 14 that follow. And, and it's gonna be fun to get there. I know uh, I know we'll have David back from Vegas soon. He'll be able to weigh in on a bunch of this stuff. We'll be able to, to, to get ourselves back on the like we said, on that on that runway with the foot on the gas and and let's not turn back. So it should be fun here, uh, obviously again, Starting with uh, with Saturday's game against the Bills. Anything else you need to get off your chest before we uh, before
1: we break? <laughs> no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. You know we'll get da- we'll get David David back from Vegas one way or another, and uh, we'll see how things go on Saturday and cut down week next week. So we'll see what happens with uh, the great Tyson Baygent. <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah, we will see. Everybody, thank you for joining us. We will obviously have more Bears content uh, in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Thanks for joining the Take the North podcast. That's Adam Studzinski. I'm Dan Weedwer. We will talk to you soon.
4: everybody, I'm Mark
0: Shanowski, along with one of the NBA's most popular analysts, Stacey King. We're inviting you to join us on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast.
4: So join us every week here in the Hot Sauce studios where we'll be talking about basketball, football, MMA, entertainment, and unique viewpoints from a group of sports experts having a few brews. That's right, listen up on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your
1: podcast.